Hello and welcome back to Indie Discovery, Rock Paper Shotgun's indie game podcast. Now, February is the month of love, and to celebrate, this week's episode is all about romance. We'll be chatting about some of our favourite relationships in indie games, our general thoughts about video game romance, and then we're going to wrap things up with a ridiculous quiz I spent 15 minutes writing this afternoon. <laughs> my name is Liam Richardson, and I'm joined, as always, by my two wonderful co-hosts, Rebecca Jones. Hello. And Rachel Watts. Hey, hey, how you doing? Good. I'm yeah, feeling good. good. Friday vibes again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're recording on a Friday again. <laughs> we listened, everybody. It's definitely not because we just always end up having to push things back to the end of the week. Definitely um, not. Yeah, we, <laughs> we had every intention of avoiding the energy of the last episode, but we're right back in it. <laughs> uh, I haven't had a full fat bottle of Coke this week, so I am significantly <laughs> less excitable than I was last time. Less feral. I'm still feeling it. <laughs> less feral. Yeah, I've had less caffeine than usual today because I didn't manage to find time for a second like tea break, so... Yeah, it could oh, be. No, really? I could doze off in the middle of this. It could be completely the opposite energy. <laughs> I guarantee you, 20 minutes in, when we talk about romance, you'll be straight. I know. Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's be real. You're going to be feral this week. Yeah, it's your time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's almost certainly true. Are you not a coffee drinker? Are you just a tea drinker? Uh, both, but I tend to alternate throughout the day. So oh, I start nice. breakfast with a tea, then a coffee about 11. Ooh. And then I usually have another tea about sort of three in the afternoon. But because of when we're recording and because I didn't feel like having one earlier, I've skipped my second tea. So we'll see. Mm. We'll see where a this mix, goes. Mix and matcher. I've never heard anyone like that. I've, people are always very, very strongly coffee or tea. Mm. Yeah, that's always been my experience as well. I just find tea doesn't caffeinate me. It, it's not. It's definitely not as, as strong, is it? I don't think. It's not as big of a pick-me-up. Um, sorry, mm. I was already laughing at my own joke. My own joke there, like there's got to be something. There's got to be something in like, oh yeah, I like I like tea and coffee and the whole. Yeah, Rachel's not <laughs> playing for both we're teams. Oh. Romance. We're going to make a lot of bi jokes today. I feel that's. that's I was wondering. Happening. I was like, should I? Should I mention it? No, I could leave Rebecca to do it because I, I was already like... killed Liam. This is good. <laughs> because <laughs> I. <laughs> <laughs> I, as it's going to become very quickly apparent throughout the course of this episode is uh, I, out of the three of us I think I play the least amount of, of romance games but when you said that there I was like huh no I, I, I like both um, but I just I normally stick to coffee which is also kind of relevant <laughs> that is so funny oh my god yeah oh, oh no. incredible no, we've replaced we've replaced the the Cosmo quiz at the end with just trying to link our romantic preferences and our caffeine preferences is, right we're about five minutes into this recording and i feel like it's already gone way off the rails so this, yeah, is this is exactly what i expected and this is what i, I assume everyone wants to listen to I hope uh, so. let's dive in to our main topic shall we yes please So, as we mentioned up top this week, we're talking about romances, uh, especially pertaining to uh, indie games. So, like I just mentioned, I, I've i played a lot of games with romance in them, but I haven't played a lot of sort of romance-centric games, so things like dating sims. So, I'd love to just start this chat with a general conversation of what is your relationship with relationships in video games? Ooh. That's an interesting one. See, I 
I like a re- like a relationship in a video in video games. Like I, I wouldn't say like no if there was like oh and also there's a dating part of this game. I'd be like okay, bring it on. Mm. But I'm I'm not someone who actively goes like out looking for like dating sims in particular. Like I'll play some of the more weirder ones. But I I'm generally mm-hmm. like you. It's kind of something that's like if it's in the game, great. But also like I'm not like super like that's not like my one of my like go to genres is what I would say about mm-hmm. me. How yeah. about you, Rebecca? I'm just thinking, I don't know how I became RPS's dating sim person because I definitely <laughs> am RPS's yes. dating sim person. You're like yeah. the agony aunt. And yet, so, like, I, I never played one until like 2018. I'm quite new to them, really. Oh, um, really? But yeah, I got it will probably come up over the course of um, over the course of this episode, so I might as well say like up top that in 2017, 2018, you had the release of things like Dream Daddy and Monster Prom. And there were a lot of kind of mm. off kilter dating sims from content creators I was already interested in. And so I kind of got into them through that. And then as people whose work I'm interested in have been making more dating sims and things in that line, I've just kind of kept up with the genre a bit more. And now, of course, you have things like um, like Sucker for Love and things like that with like horror games and dating sims getting mixed in, which of course I love um yes anything with a mystery anything with horror so yeah oddly enough i feel like i ended up as the person who is like very much front and center being like video game romance yes but to tell you the truth you know if a game doesn't have romance in i am not i'm not upset or distressed at the lack of romantic themes a lot of my favorite (laughs) games just don't have a romantic element and that is also fine that being Mm -hmm. said you know i i grew up um i grew up on the the sort of online forums of the early 2000s where you know who you were shipping was a huge deal and even though i'm Mm. not online in that way anymore my brain does still kind of follow those patterns like i feel like once (laughs) i've worked out it's partly because i attach really strongly to characters in games and indeed in any media so once i've worked out who who my favorite character is and sort of secondarily what relationships i'm invested in that's kind of when i'm fully in to something quite often so yeah, an an unusual, I, I suspect, relationship with romance in games, but I am generally pro, as you can yeah. probably tell. Mm. Yeah, I think like those weird, those like more weird crossovers with dating sims as well, like when it's like horror or like sci-fi. Yeah, those are so cool. I really dig those. When it's, when it's just more than the romance. Very rarely mm. played like a straightforward dating sim. You know, I've always, mm-hmm. I've always been interested in in the things that were a reaction to that and made it weird or made it funny um yeah yeah rather than like just a straightforward uh, visual novel dating sim indeed, um, indeed. which there are many there out are there, so but, yeah. many and they just typically don't have really i think cater to the sort of things that i'm interested in and that's partly like yeah. perspective it's usually like a very teenage boy perspective and it's it's kind of quite you know mm-hmm. quite uh, I don't want to use the phrase heteronormative too much because I feel like it's quite loaded if you use it loads, but it is, you know, it's quite a heteronormative genre typically. Yes. And that's not really where I'm at. So, you know, I would yeah. play some to kind of get a feeling of the history of the genre, but it's not something that I would seek out. Whereas then you have things that like react against it and that's more interesting. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I wouldn't mind playing those kind of games, but like the Otome game scene is massive. I'm like overwhelmed <laughs> by oh. how many like female-oriented like dating sims they are, like like coming out of Japan or like mm. I'm just yeah. like, where do I start? Where do I begin? Like I I wouldn't even know where to start. I'm playing one at the moment. It's kind of on my on my pause pile at the moment, along with about 50 other oh, games. Oh, really? But um 
end of last year, I think, I started playing Buster Fellows, which is... I've heard that one's so good. Oh, it, yeah, I've heard that's really cool. good. It's pretty cool. I'm on pause with it at the moment because I have too many games that I'm playing on. I need to focus on a few. <laughs> so it's clearly not Mood. it's not top tier for me because I am happy to step away from it for six months while I finish other things. But yeah, I think I think you would enjoy it, Rachel. It's got that kind of... I don't know. It's It's got a kind of slightly tongue-in-cheek way of approaching yeah. the, the genre. Again, it's not super straightforward. I've heard the female character in it as well is like kind of kick-ass. Like instead of just being like, wow, help me. She's very much like, I'm my own person and I do my own shit. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Um, she's pretty cool. And all of the all of the potential love interested criminals, which is just a really, okay. really interesting way of doing it. That does look really interesting. I'm just looking at it now on Steam. But right, this is like one of so many. Like, yeah. I feel like the people who... Maybe I'm wrong, but the developers who did that one have done like loads, or maybe I'm thinking of something else. Like, um, oh, what was that other one? Steam Prison was a re- as a really big one. I've no, I've not played. I've no idea, but like, I feel like they've have the Atomi market in like a death grip. <laughs> and there's also like phone the phone games like Mystic Messenger, like Cherit. Cherry, oh, are they called? Goodness, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong, I love Mystic Messenger, but like. I, anything ab- like else that's more complicated than that i can't handle i can't do it <laughs> what i've heard of mystic messenger but can you explain what it is because i've only ever heard it in passing but people always seem to hold it in such high regard yeah sure it's basically a dating sim where you play as a young woman who for reasons a bit too complicated to explain ends up in like a chat forum with a group of very cute korean guys and the cool thing about it which is why i got into it is essentially the whole game is based on like you're using a phone so the app will look like a phone app you open it and it will you know you you chat using like your phone's like um keyboard and and when you get close to the guys they will like ring you the app like the app will and you can answer and they'll they'll speak to you in like korean and then there's like subtitles on it and so there's this idea that (laughs) certain guys are only on certain times of day so like there's the 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 hacker kid with like the glasses and the cool red hair who's only like he's basically a night owl so you have to like you basically if you want to like romance him have to wake up at like two in the morning for his chats and stuff but there's like the business guy who's like not available during work hours and only lunchtime like it's and th- and there's the college student who like is basically trying to like on he's he's like on it all the time, so it's very much this like idea that your phone and using your phone is part of the game in itself instead of like it's really cool that I think it's really awesome. I think I played maybe three of the romances before you actually needed to put in a lot of effort to date the other people, <laughs> which I was like, I'm right, out. Okay. I'm not waking up at two in the morning. I'm so sorry, um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's a it's a pretty cool game like i'm not gonna lie i I love the concept of that like that's the kind of thing so in horror smart. game as well yeah. right rebecca like you get horror horror games where like your phone and using your phone is like part of the game Funnily but it's enough, just for dating i plan to talk about one today Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh interesting very, okay. very weird coincidence that we got onto mystic messenger but isn't that funny that mystic messenger has such an interesting way of using technology to tell a story in a way that feels very tactile and realistic but a lot of people would probably push it to one side because it is quote-unquote a traditional dating game and i do think absolutely like i do think a lot of people might not play dating games because they might think that there's not enough interaction or maybe there's not like anything interesting about them well i mean if i may butt in from a guide's perspective when i worked at one of our sister sites who 
cover mobile games. The yeah. biggest guides traffic is for Mystic Messenger, Obey Me, the sort of oh, mobile yeah. dating otome games. That's hell you know, yeah. I it love may that. not be what the conversation is about, but it's in terms of what people are actually playing, huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge. How interesting. Because how else am I going to find out my my love interest favorite like cake? Like I need to know. I can't get it wrong. Otherwise they could hate me. So I yeah, just... I, I literally, I when I was playing Mystic, Mes- Mystic Messenger, I would Google shit all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it totally makes sense. It, it tracks. Um, and I think there's there's probably a whole other conversation to be had about why kind of no one, at least in sort of English language games journalism, is talking about these games when they are so hugely popular. But um, mm. I think that's probably a, a different mm. conversation, but I do find it interesting. Another point is that if my real life partner woke me up at two in the morning to tell me what his favourite cake was... I'm so angry. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that for a video game. No, I'm not doing that for a real person. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I quite like the thought of uh, Yolly waking up at two in the morning and she's like, why is your phone ringing? I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to take this. It's really important. It's a, it's a oh game I'm playing. <laughs> so when I worked at that, that London um, <laughs> Japanese shop, my boss was really into Mystic Messenger and she would legit go off like during a shift talk to take calls from her fake korean anime boyfriend for like a couple of minutes and then come back and i'd just be like wow are we are we okay you're my boss so i can't say shit but she was really into it she's the one who told me about it and got me into it but yeah she she took it so seriously that's got some big tamagotchi energy to it as well yes yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah one thousand percent but like yeah Nah, the romance in those games, yeah, pretty good. How <laughs> if you're answering calls during your, well, two in the morning or during your work shift. <laughs> you're in deep. Very, very deep. Yes. I think this leads us on to uh, something that I really wanted to talk to you both about, which is sort of when, when you first experienced or the first game you can remember playing that had romance as part of it. So I was thinking the other day about the first game I ever played uh, that had the option for romance was Harvest Moon on the GameCube. It's a wonderful life. <gasps> oh. And I found the emotional connection that I have with that game feels larger because I was able to gradually build a relationship with the character in that game and, you know, eventually get married, have kids. It's a Wonderful Life is actually the grimmest uh, farming simulator out there because death is like a huge part of the the uh, story of that game. Um, really? Yeah, there's a remake coming out this year. I would very much recommend you play it. It's, uh, okay. it's very, very sad. Oh, I remember at the time being like, huh, this is really interesting. Like, you know, I, I'm courting someone, we're growing a relationship, eventually they move in. And um, I think on the GameCube, it was, you, you played as a male character, you could only date the female characters, but obviously that's changed a lot. Something mm. that we'll, we'll definitely talk about in a moment. But I would absolutely love to know what, if you can remember sort of the first time you played a game that had some kind of romance in it. I'm just trying to think. Sorry, I shouldn't have dumped this on you really. Oh, no, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. I, I remember Little Big Adventure, if you remember that. I think that that's, that's a really early example I can remember of a game where the, the drive through the story is to go and like rescue your character's girlfriend, which I guess oh, I, yeah. I remember them being rather sweet. I don't remember the game that well, but I remember quite enjoying it. But I think the first the first time I can remember really connecting to a romance in a video game um, was when I played the Gabriel Knight series of point and click adventures when I was about 10. Ooh, what's that? Um, really, really good Sierra point and click adventure games from the 90s. Um, like 
total gold standard of the genre. At least the first one was, the two sequels, not so much. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I was sort of, I guess, at the kind of age where you start to pick up on that kind of, like, vibe between characters, even if they're just, mm-hmm. like, very lightly teasing something. And yeah, I remember being, like, quite invested in the relationship between between the two leads in those games. Um, although, interestingly, spoilers, spoilers for a game series that ended 25 years ago. <laughs> Um, they kind of, they build that relationship up over three games and then they don't end up together. And obviously (gasps) like when I was 12 or so, it devastated me. But now I'm like, actually, I really like how they they did that. Yeah. And partly it's because the series got cancelled. I think that probably the plan was to get them back together, but I'm kind of into the, (laughs) I'm kind of into that, that sort of like ending of it being like, they kind of realise that they're not right for each other and that they're never in the same place oh, at the same nice. time and i like that, that. Is yeah nice. that's really nice yeah so that's a that's a interesting one from my past i yeah. thought it was very much like three seasons of anime and they just end up holding hands at the very end and you're like it's like nothing else is this what i've been watching like 50 hours of this cartoon for holding hands stop i thought it was that vibe but it sounds a lot more wholesome than that it's it's not a wholesome series. It's a, it's a quite dark and adult and again horror oriented series because that is who I've always been since I was a tiny child. Um, but it, it does. I love that consistency. It takes a sort of like I say quite mature view. I think was what I like about it with mm-hmm. hindsight. Hell yeah! It, it kind of spent three games demonstrating that like maybe they weren't right for each other, and then sort of had them go. Well, had one of them go. No, we should we shouldn't do this right now. And I was like, like heartbroken at the time. But with now as an adult, I'm like, no, she made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm. And you're right. That is, that's a type of relationship that just isn't usually depicted in video mm. games, I find, is a very realistic sort of, we love each other, but our paths don't cross frequently enough or it's not going to work out right now. And Shit's going down. I think that's, yeah, yeah, that's really nice. Have you thought about your first experience, Rachel, sort of like a game that you played with romance in? See, I can't quite remember, but I remember playing, I mean, this isn't too long ago, but like when The Witcher 3 came out and also, mm. you know, I mean, not really an indie, but like there's the whole thing about Triss or Yennefer, Triss and Yennefer. Girl, no one. Neither of them. I have shit going on. I have dragons to kill. My daughter's missing. I No. Are you joking? Like my, my first playthrough, neither of them. Sorry. You're both lovely ladies. Maybe in another playthrough. Not right now. I'm busy. And so like that was my first kind of foray into like right into those kind of like chosen romances where you're not like like kind of herded into one, which I really liked about it. But also I've not played any of the Witcher series. So I was just like, I don't Yeah, you're familiar with me. I ain't familiar with you. That opening, (laughs) I was like, okay, cool. Um, Right. Awesome. So maybe that one. But I also... Like I remember, I remember playing games like Animal Crossing, and there's no romance in it, but you definitely have like your favorite villager, and you're yeah. like, I would die for you, I would take a bullet for you, and I remember having a couple of those when I played Animal Crossing when I was like a teenager. Like, you are my life, please don't move. 
you'll break my heart. Absolutely. Yeah. And they totally give you fair. like a framed picture when they move. And so oh, like so the love nice. of your life moves and then you just have a framed picture of them like on, on your like cardboard box in your house. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> good times, good times. But yeah, I guess that's, that's as much as I, as I can think of. This is why I'm glad I jumped in at New Horizons. They You, you can just tell them not to leave and they just won't. Yes. So, Very yeah. good option. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like showering them with gifts. Oh, I've never been as devastated as when Apollo left my island on oh. Wild World. It <gasps> broke my heart. It really did. He was my best friend. They so, don't know the damage they cause. They don't they know. They don't. They clearly do because they, they won't let them do it anymore in New Horizons. <laughs> <laughs> like we tra- traumatised a generation of children. It's time to make this kinder. <laughs> Trauma, babe. <laughs> this is definitely like off topic, but yeah, the, the, the edges they smoothed down for New Horizons compared to the earlier games. If you didn't play for a week on the DS, they would basically be like, motherfucker, where have you been? You dare show your face here? I will beat you the Who's shit out of this? I don't recognise <laughs> yeah. you. Are you the new mayor? Oh, wait, Rachel, welcome back. <laughs> so passive aggressive. Yeah, excuse you. Absolutely. And the weeds. Oh, oh I know, right? You were nothing before I moved here. <laughs> so let's talk indie games. I'd love to talk yeah. about our favourite indie yes. game romances. So um, I will I will very quickly start with a couple that I think are probably my favourite in any game. And that is uh, Greg and Angus from Night in the Woods. Who oh, are, uh, yes. Yeah. So main character Mae, when they go home, um, their best friend was Greg, who is this hyperactive fox who is just an absolute sweetheart, but loves to do crimes, likes to smash bottles and play with his little knife. Uh, and his boyfriend is Angus, who is this uh, very docile bear who works in the VHS shop. And together they make a bit of an odd couple in that greg is this very excitable character and angus is this very reserved and quiet character but as the game progresses you can sort of see the things they give to one another their relationship and you know unravels in a way that's really beautiful and you really start to to learn you know why they work so well as a couple and i think about those two a lot i have a sticker of them on my laptop actually it's how much i I really do care about those two so yeah i'd love to know your favorite uh romances from the world of indie games that's a good choice i forgot about those two they are adorable and there's oh, something about the them as well because like not in the woods is based like in a mining town like everyone is like super old they've been there for years and then yeah. there's just this bear and like little fox like queer couple just hanging out like living their best life i think that's really They're the best oh, they are so good good choice i forgot about them I haven't I haven't played Night in the Woods yet, but I am familiar with the characters because there is that one um that one quite famous scene where it's the which one is the one with the knife? Um, uh, Greg. Greg. Yes. And do you guys remember the scene where he's like, Oh, my dad taught me knife throwing, <laughs> hoping that it would make me less gay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I know how to throw knives and suck. I'm like, oh, sorry, are we allowed to do that? We should probably cut that out, right? <laughs> I just love that so much. I think about that quote so often, even though I, I, I forgot. Is that, that is incredible. Is that the I think quote? it is. I think it's something, something along those lines. Oh, that's so fun! I love that game so yeah, much. Yeah, that game is. I, I, I need to play it. For... I so need to play it. Um, yeah, you do. You are right. That like, oh, that is the quote as well. That's I thought so you were talking about like uh, be gay do crimes. That's why I thought you were going. I uh, totally forgot yeah. that that was like a thing. Be gay do crimes is a great quote. Hell yeah. I love that so yeah, much. Yeah, that's a good quote. 
do feel free to cut that out if that was too much but i just had to <laughs> yeah. mention it because i love it's, it it's a quote from a game i I'm love not, it absolutely not it's and, fantastic and yeah i'm uh i don't know i've been reading a lot of like lgbt youth fiction recently and every time mm-hmm. one of them like clashes with their parents that quote just flashes into my mind and i'm like <laughs> five years time this is your kid <laughs> what's your choice of indie rebecca then yeah interesting that we were talking earlier about games that use your phone um potentially to to kind of make you feel like you're interfacing with the character's phone because one of the ones that i wanted to talk about was from uh, simulacra which is a found phone horror game which is also available on pc so it's it's within the rules um yes. in fact yeah i've played it on pc because i always have like the most potato phone available and can't really play games on my phone very easily so i played <laughs> it on pc um but yeah the it's a it's an unusual place to have found one of my favorite video game romance i think it is fair to call it a romance it's yeah i would call it a romance it's debatable how canonical it is it's definitely like canonically a one-sided romance um and i'll give some context for this before i go any further is that basically in simulacra you find this girl's phone um a girl named anna and you're going through her phone trying to find her basically you know in in the way that you would if you found a lost phone and you're trying to you're trying to get it back to its owner um and because it is both a mystery game and a horror game obviously as you're going through this you find out that all this very spooky supernatural shit has been going on in anna's life um and also that she's been having like a really rotten time of it and the the sort of main main function of the phone in this game is that she's been on this dating app after this really rotten breakup she's been like meeting people through this dating app and that like it's i do want to make it absolutely clear because this could be really upsetting it is a supernatural horror game it's not like a it's nothing nasty happened to her as a result of this dating app in a you know kind of Mm. sordid thriller kind of way it is a supernatural game but all through these these rotten dates she's been going on with all these guys there's been her like best friend ashley who is just always always by her side and always really supportive it's clear that they have this really sweet bond and you're kind of there like oh man straight girls don't have it easy do they because wouldn't it be better (laughs) if you just dated ashley and then it gets to about three quarters of the way through the game and suddenly you get this phone call from Ashley who still thinks you're Anna at this point. She doesn't realise that Anna's phone and Anna have been separated and she's like, Anna, I just, oh, I just, I really feel the need to get all this off my chest. And you're like, oh my God, it's happening. Is this seriously happening? And it's like, yes, it's happening. It's it's Ashley just there being like, telling Anna that she's in love with her and she thinks that they should they should make a go of it. And you're just there like, yes, please, just, this is so much better than the the rotten situation you have been in throughout this entire game um and it's really nice it's really well developed and like the way it builds up through the game is so you sort of like see into the backstory of their their relationship through the things like their their tweets to each other and the the photos in their photo folder and things and you get this picture of this this really sweet friendship that like could be something more and then just at the right i think emotional juncture in this game it makes the really surprising decision to just go there because so many, so many narratives would build that up. And then, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to throw the term queer baiting around because a lot of the time I think people just build that kind of relationship and then don't really twig that they've made it a much better romantic prospect than anything else they've put in the game. Mm. Um, but they just really, they just really went for it. You know, they, the writers clearly recognize i don't know if they started out meaning to make this kind of like the key romance or if they diverted onto it because they liked it but i think it's the right choice um it's sad because you never really get to see anna's response to it but it's just a really nice moment 
of like Mm. oh love is real like it's in the midst of all this horror and this like really creepy supernatural shit that's going off you're like oh she really she really did just love her and that's really nice and you know someone was just looking out for her and was like because a big thing in this game as well is like the first thing you see of anna is this this vlog that she's taken of herself where she's like she's crying and she's like i just you know i just want to be happy and why can't i be happy and you're like you could be happy you could no. be happy it's gonna be okay um so yeah it's a very very weird one maybe a weird choice it's not a traditionally <laughs> romantic game but i do really really like that relationship i think what i love about that game as well is like there's a she has a um a tinder equivalent on her phone right yes. and so you go on it and it's just a bunch of like douchey guys all up in the dms and you can like proper flick left and right and there's just like all these like guys like i don't know with like holding up like like doing that like putting their hand (laughs) under their chin with like their like their flashy watches showing and like and it's honestly like douchebag central so like that that kind of like journey from her being like fuck my life all these douchebags are all over my business to her and then um so what was it ashley is ashley yeah to ashley is really adorable in amongst all the horror i think i started playing and then because the videos they like glitch and stuff don't they oh yeah yeah so it's i was like nope nope spooky. nope, nope. <laughs> i think i like came across the first one and i was like i got i gotta get out of here i can't i can't deal with it yeah i mean it's it is a horror game about love i guess so yeah mm-hmm. it makes sense well, I'd, I'd say so. I, that, that definitely is a is a good choice because it also sounds like, you know, we we're saying before about like, we might not gravitate towards games that are purely about romance, but that sounds like it probably elevates the horror by making mm. a more emotionally rounded experience, right? You've got that love. And also, you you know, if this character Anna is, is presumably missing and you have their phone trying to work out what's happened, mm-hmm. surely that revelation with Ashley wants you, Anna, you want Anna to be safer you're like, oh, well, now I've got more investment for whatever the conclusion of the story yes. is because she has something to, yeah. you want that to carry on, right? You want to see what happens next. You want to so. be able to tell her. You want to be able to go to go to Anna and be like, it's okay, this this has happened. You probably should address it, but it could be really good for you. And like, your you know, yeah. life isn't as, as ruined as you were worried it was. And, and yeah, it's just got that. As well, player stats show that people freaking loved Ashley. People Aww. were nice. devastated at the point where you have to like lie to her. People were like, people like tanked their first playthrough rather than lie to Ashley. Hell yeah! It's really wow. heartwarming. It shows that the writing on that was was really well done. I think. Yeah. For what is otherwise a very cheesy FMV found phone horror game, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love it. I, I consistently go back to that one as one of my favorite romances in video games. What's it called again? Simulacra. It's uh, Kaigen yeah. Games, I think. Do you ever find out like who you're playing as? Like, are you playing as Ashley looking through like the, this person you're talking to's phone and you're seeing that your messages together and that's why she never replied? Like, do you ever find that out? Like You don't find out in the first game, you don't find out who your character is. In the in the sequels, you have more of a defined... Oh, there's like three, right? Yeah, the third one just came out end of last year. I haven't I haven't finished playing it yet, but Oh um, wow, okay. Yeah, you have like I think in the in the sequels you can be either a journalist or a detective who's like got hold of this phone and is trying to trying to solve the mystery from a source. So you have a bit more of context. But yeah, the first one is just like this. I think they say at the beginning, like the phone got left on your doorstep or something. So the idea is you just kind of live in the area. Oh, and like okay. you're just kind oh, of God. you, I think, is, is one of those where it's meant to be like a very, very like self-insert avatar where you can God, just yeah. imagine that like you live in this city and for whatever reason, just she dumped her phone on your doorstep as she went missing and you you're then trying to solve it. 
That yes. sounds amazing. Can you stop giving me games to play, please? I've got so much to play. <laughs> <Never>. Like <laughs> every episode. <laughs> you do it too. So, Rachel, what's your choice? My choice is Transistor by Supergiant. It is adorable. Oh, the romance yes. in that is the probably yeah in my top my top romance. I'm I think I so like oh god, where do I even start? So yeah, I think when I when I first <laughs> played it, I didn't I didn't quite catch on like ha, like that the fact that the main character read and her giant sword, the transistor like had a previous history like there's like hints throughout the game and they do get closer um and then obviously the ending like confirms it but like on a second playthrough like reading all the descriptions like reading into everything like that romance is top tier like i love it so much yeah the idea is that you play as red who in this universe is like um a singing sensation she's like a superstar and at the start of the game she is like pulling a giant sword out of this mysterious man like he's basically being impaled and as she wrenches the sword out um the transistor of him like the sword can talk and it's like talking to her um but she has lost her voice so it's interesting in that she, you play as a character with no voice but there's like hot sword because his voice oh my god i super giant always use him i need to i forgot his name he's in hades he does like yeah, loads of voices he's for super the giant. narrator and bastion isn't he he has the hot sexy voice they give him all the hot characters and um so yeah he does all the talking throughout the whole game and uh yeah it's just a really nice romance in between all this like kind of like action um brawling as you make your way through the um what's it called the cloud bank cloud bank is the city and yeah there's just these cute moments between a, a, a lady and her sword and it's awesome and the ending is very sweet so yeah that would be my number one that is such a great shout <laughs> uh logan cunningham is yes yes um he won yes. the bafta didn't he, he a couple of years ago he did yeah oh. uh he's so good so uh, good he really is I think I think he was in Bastion. So is he, I think he's probably been in Bastion, Pyre, Transistor, and Hades. He might have been in all four. I don't remember. He's in all four. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, oh. he was Hades, Poseidon, and Achilles in Hades. Um, but infamously, yeah, he was the the narrator, Rucka, Rux or Ruckus. Oh in yes. Bastion. Rux. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, what a voice! What One of a the best voice! Voices. It How it's a sword. <laughs> it's an inanimate object, and yet the voice is so hot. Like. <laughs> how dare Supergiant how dare you how how dare you but yeah stop like, making all your characters hot <laughs> even if they are just giant swords I was about to say I only jumped in with Hades with Supergiant stuff but it does not surprise yeah. me that their their back catalogue has more more good romances in it because yes yes to yes to Hades which got me to go and read Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller because I needed oh more oh my god I needed more did you want to feel sad because cause I was like, oh, I'm up for a sad romance. And it devastated me. I know. That book. <laughs> I've never even heard of this book. Would, is it, would you recommend it? I would recommend it, yeah. What about yeah, you? Yeah, there's, there's like this whole thing in, in like Bookland at the moment about um, adapting Greek myths. So this one is obviously about Achilles. And um, oh, what's the kid's name? Because they start off as, as kids and they go into teenagers uh, and then it's, adult, young adults. It's hard to pronounce, but I'm going to give it a go. It's Patroclus. Yes. Is that yes. right? Yeah, that's how, that's how I pronounced good. it. It has a. I heard it on audiobook, so I should know. But it's just weird to sort of Ooh. like. It's weird to say. I don't know why. Yeah. Get Logan to do the audiobook. Yes. 
<sighs> and you know what is well the transistor it's like it's not the kind of romance where it's necessarily like because he's a sword um it's they have like just really cute moments together and like logan's voice acting and like he's so sincere to the point we were just like like they don't even like hug or kiss or anything she's just like fighting and she doesn't even talk she doesn't even talk but it's like this idea that like he's her voice and she's his body his agency is just like oh mm. oh yeah yes I, yes i totally get you there Rachel, so good. Ha- have you played Boyfriend Dungeon? I have. Yes. Oh, I, have I just, it. I just finished it a couple of weeks ago. So, who did you romance? Seven. The, Ooh, the K-pop laser saber. Oh yes. Wait, hold on. I need to get, quickly get the list. I, I think I dated the cat at first. <laughs> Pocket. Yes. <laughs> because I like the um, I liked the weapon. The weapon. Oh, the knuckle really dusters. Qu- yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like that. Hold on. Who's the... Uh, I'm just trying to think of who they all are. I'm getting a thing up now. Oh, I like the girl as well. The the um, the sword lady. The saber. Is oh, the she, dagger. The dagger. Valeria. Yes, yeah. yes, her. God, my uh, memory is so poor. She's awesome as well. Like, uh, that's a... Yeah, that's a good dating your weapons. <laughs> yeah, I think... Kind of game. I don't know. I was going to say it was the dating your weapons game, but now that yes. you told me more about Transistor, I'm like... Clearly, there's clearly there is a market there that I need to uh, I need to get more into now that I've finished Boyfriend Dungeon. Because yeah, I should I should clarify I um I finished the DLC a couple of weeks ago because I I absolutely blitzed the base game when it came out in like summer oh, yeah. 2021 um, and adored it. And so when the DLC came out, um, I was really busy, so I didn't have much time to get back into it. But I finished it recently and i love it so much um and it's a free dlc so i recommend oh, getting back to it um because it does give like a nice sort of conclusion to the mm. to the kind of romantic storylines um because like the original ending focuses a bit heavily in my opinion on the kind of like more downbeat side of uh. of your character's story whereas this ends on a bit of a, a, bit of a high note i think overall mm. and it's really nice and it's free so yeah, yeah, I feel like I majorly bounced off it because, <laughs> weirdly, the romance and the visual novel elements I really enjoyed, but it was the action roguelike stuff, which I was like, I'm so over this. I just want to talk to cute boys and, like, <laughs> cute weapons, cute cats, cute girls. Like, I don't want to be in these dungeons, like, fighting stuff. So <laughs> Yeah, it can be. I think the, the combat does get a bit repetitive. Fortunately, it's mm. kind of on my level, so I was like, I was quite happy. But I will admit that, like, there's yeah. two things I still haven't done, even though I, I am pretty much finished with the game now there are 50 50 levels for your character and i got to level 49 and i know what you mean because i was like i am out of impetus now to to go and and like max my level out just because i'm like i've done everything so even though it would have only been a couple more runs i think i was like i'm all right i'm okay (laughs) honestly good on you because i i've wasted too much of my life thinking oh well i'll get one more trophy on this game (laughs) and it's just so good to just walk away from something when you're yep. done with it. Mm, yeah, <laughs> the best feeling ever. I'm trying to practice yeah, that more. Yeah, it really more. is. Um, but the other thing I couldn't do is there's the um, there's like a secret mini game in it that is um, oh kind of like a an old school like racing game, and I just can't do it. And so I'm like, I'm not going to get the last trophy. So I'm not going to I'm not going to max level myself, and I'm not even going to get the last trophy yeah. on this stupid mini game. It's not stupid. I'm sure it's very good, but <laughs> not that's for how me. you felt in the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't know if it's because I'm trying to do it on mouse and keyboard and it's very much, it's like, the idea is that your your sticks are inverted 
um, is part of the challenge. But trying to do that on mouse and keyboard just broke my brain. I was like, I can't, I can't mm. figure that out. Yeah, that is hurting my brain just trying to think about how that would even <laughs> feel to play. So yeah, yeah. I, I do not blame you. It's at messed all. up. Maybe maybe if I ever get a Steam Deck, I'll go back to it and get that last achievement just to say I've done it. Maybe it'll be mm. easier on yeah, Steam Deck. But it. yeah, no, that last bit of dopamine. Yes, mm. that has just dopamine. <laughs> But like, I've just been thinking about like other super giant games because we did mention Hades and Hades has some wonderful dating like in it. Like, yeah, I love the romance in Hades, like, which is interesting because like, I don't know how you guys like role play these situations. But like for me, if it's like I'm the person in the game, like I'll date whoever like. I don't know, is the most good looking or has a good personality, whatever. But if it's a character, I will date the person who I think that character goes best with. So yes. Hades is a really good example of that because like for me, Meg, do not even, oh, she is definition of gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Like she is amazing. I love her so much. But uh-huh. I chose Zag and Than, obviously, because those are like yeah. absolute couple goals. So it's interesting yeah. in like, so the first run through, I was like, right, I'll do Zag and Than. And then my second, I'll go for who I really want. <laughs> and that is Meg, because she is queen. That was literally my relationship with it as well. It really? Was, uh, you were so speaking my language. Because, there it is. Yeah, yeah. I haven't finished Hades, but that is exactly my thing. I'm like, yeah, for me, probably Meg. But for this yeah. guy? You know, and that is yeah. that is absolutely how I approach romance in all games. If there is a defi- if there is a defined character, I will I will try and think about like what I think is what they would want. Whereas yeah. if it's something more like Boyfriend Dungeon, where you're building your own your yes. own avatar, then I will be like, right, who do I want? You know? Yeah, I totally agree. Because yeah, in in Hades, Than obviously because <sighs> Zag is the best boy, and I want Zag to be happy. Yes. Um. Obviously, Meg would be. Uh, my personal choice because <laughs> the, so good. I don't know. We don't need to go into why I like it when she's mean to me, but I just think Than is really <laughs> right. I just think Than is definitely the right choice. But if it's Stardew Valley, for instance, that's my character. I'm role playing as me yeah. in that. Mm-hmm. You know, I always go for either Harvey or Leah. There's there's no canonical choice there. Yeah, I, I don't know whether that's the correct choice for Stardew Valley. I think there's a lot of debate as to who the uh, <laughs> oh top tier Stardew Valley people are. But uh, very quickly before Stardew, you know, you can yeah. date both Than and Meg at the same time. Excuse me. You can, can you? have a cute little threesome. Yeah, a cute poly thing going on, and they don't mind either. They don't like accuse you of cheating. There's no like, how fucking dare you? You those three. Be because they have history together so like zag and meg have history and then obviously than and zagreus are like childhood friends but like legit you can like date both of them and the game's like yeah cool they are they are That's the two cool. hottest <laughs> stardew like i have opinions i have okay. so <laughs> many really opinions <laughs> right <laughs> i'm i'm with you liam i dated harvey harvey's the right yeah. choice he's lovely nice kind to all stardew value players if you dated shane or Haley, get therapy. Like, you know, you're more, you honestly, Shane, he's so rude and nasty to you. And I know, I know, I get it. I get it, ladies. I can fix him. I get it. I get that attitude. But like, Haley, no excuse. I do not understand people who pick Haley. Mean, bratty, annoying. Like, I can't, I can't deal with it. Harvey is right. Harvey and Leah are right there. You want yep. the cute doctor or cottagecore lesbian? Why would you want Haley or, or Shane? Sorry, I'm not. You can also get blue chickens another way without dating Shane. So there's literally no excuse. Sorry about it. <laughs> sorry, not sorry though. So, okay, my, my rant is over. <laughs> no, I agree. Dating Shane is a red flag. I'm sorry to any listener that dated Shane. But yeah, 
Have you seen? Harvey is a sad dad, and that's like my whole thing. Yes! So like, why wouldn't you date Harvey? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, self worth, ladies and gentlemen, let's do it. Come on, <laughs> you do not need to be need to be dating these two. <laughs> So I think that is a very good um, link to kind of the final thing we wanted to talk about in this section, which is uh, relate the representation of relationships outside of heteronormative pairings, which was obviously, that was the only kind of relationships you would find in mainstream games for so long and is still the case in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And what's amazing, especially in the indie space, is we're starting to get more accurate representations of what you know relationships are like in the real world you know things that we've just spoken about in Hades you can have like a polycule with two mm. other people or in yeah in Stardew you know it's all about your decision it's your choices the game doesn't push you down a specific path which is obviously so much better in terms of representation how do we feel about how relationships are represented uh, both romantically and non-romantically because I think that is also uh, something I really love in games that they're trying to do more now is things like um, you know we were talking about Animal Crossing before, like Apollo was my best friend. You know, yeah. I think having just friendships in games is so important as well. Uh, you know, platonic love, um, mm. things like that, I think is, is really good. So that's a broad topic, but perhaps we can we can think of some things to chat about. <laughs> no, I like it. I think you're absolutely right as well. Like, I think back in the day, like a lot of like, if you wanted to find those kind of queer relationships, you had to play i don't know stuff like you know mmo mmorpgs like world of warcraft or in the sims like these were places where you could role play as whoever you wanted and you know it was a safe mm -hmm. split a safe space to explore your personal identity and your sexual preference and like those games matter a lot but it is amazing seeing especially in, in the indie scene the indie scene is like leading the charge in terms of oh, like yeah, sure. queer relationships and you're exactly right this idea of being like asexual aromantic as well is another thing that's coming into the scene as well like you don't necessarily have to be in like a like a sexual relationship or like a romantic relationship like there are games yep. that feature ace and arrow characters which is hell yeah to that um so yeah it's great i think representations on the up and up for sure 1000 mm -hmm. we love to see it absolutely and yeah. I, I think that it's it's been a great amount of progress in a very short amount of time I think as well, because um, as you guys know, I spend a lot of time <laughs> in my downtime outside of work playing um, visual novels and games that are from like the early 2010s. And when you see stuff from that era and the way that that they handle relationships, and this is like so within memory, this for me is like, I, I've been in... A relationship for 13 years so I'm looking at things like this is over the span of the relationship that I'm in in the real world the way that we look at relationships in games has just changed yeah. so profoundly and you get things like like a lot a lot of the games that I play from from a decade or 15 years ago will will have things where they kind of they'll like hint at yeah. a relationship or they'll hint at like an identity or an emotion and then they they won't say it they will like <laughs> they will go 98% of the way to saying it and then they won't say it and they'll like back off and they'll be like, because yeah. you don't want to upset the core demographic, right? So you don't want to make God. it too obvious. <laughs> but now obviously it's just like, especially, as we say, especially in indie games, but increasingly in, you know, more double A, triple A stuff as well. You're seeing people just, you know, going like, actually we can, you know, it's it's more interesting um, if we make a greater diversity of characters and relationships and interactions and it's also it's heartening i guess because 
it does demonstrate that as a society, we're kind of more open to seeing that, I guess, because the the further you get up up the the sort of financially driven side of things to still to still see things like a trans character in The Last of Us Part Two, for example, or you know, just like yes, the amount of stuff that I obviously say a lot. I love Life is Strange, which is kind of on the on the the cusp of like double A, triple A, and the fact that that mm. is is all primarily like LGBTQ characters and relationships. So nice to see because it means that people aren't just put off at the high levels of decision making from including like that sort of representation in the games but yeah. in terms of indies obviously as you say leading the charge completely um i recently played a lovely trilogy of very short visual novels called a year of springs um Ooh. which oh, okay. sounds ab- nice absolutely <laughs> delightful nice. and so <laughs> liam once again is about to get something else on his wish list Sorry, can I'm you hear me sorry. just like tapping away I on my keyboard? Spend <laughs> your money for you on this show. I'm so sorry. Keep doing it. Um, but yeah, Year of Springs is a, is a lovely trilogy about uh, three three women in Japan who are all um, LGBTQ, but they have different identities and their relationships with each other. And it has a lot of platonic stuff. It also has romance in it. It has um, Ace Arrow representation, and that's done really thoughtfully and like in in a very informative way. And you know, that's just the sort of thing that comes out of one very passionate person wanting to yes. tell a particular story through indie game design and then releasing the game for like a fiver. And it's just I'm adding so it to my wish list. I'm adding oh, it to yeah, Rachel, amazing. you must play it. You will love it. Um <sighs> I just yeah, it's it's very short. I think I played the whole thing. It's like a couple of hours long for the whole thing. Um it's just so lovely. I remember I just I had an evening to myself and I saw this this short game um that I'd heard a lot about and I was like, yes, I'm gonna play this and oh I had a little cry by the end it was just so so sweet and delightful and because of the way it reminded me because you were talking about like both romantic and platonic relationships and being given equal weight um Mm. because yeah there's these three women and two of them two of them end up in a romantic relationship and one of them is the friend who's kind of like very close to them um and you know has her own stuff going on as well and it's just yeah it's, it's so sweet and very very worth your time so yeah that's such a great recommendation that is incredible so good cool well that was a really good chat uh i think we've we've really covered a lot of ground there i think we should do a full episode about dating games and something a bit more structured where we're recommending things that we found further down the line because this is a genre i really want to play more of mm-hmm. so i think we'll, we'll definitely revisit this topic uh maybe later in the year absolutely we'll, well i did i would say i wanted to talk your ear off about monster prom the conversation never really got there but it does have oh, online multiplayer so I'm just <gasps> yes saying. Ooh, yes that'd be good. <laughs> if yes, we wanted to do like a group play and then do a review yeah. of that or something that oh, would i be love that yeah that let's definitely do that fun. i'm gonna yammer about it on a gonna yammer about the whole thing on our favorite indies in a couple of weeks anyway but like yes oh, excellent. i can't wait because gotcha. that's it's a game i've never played so and you always talk about it so i want to i want to mm-hmm. hear about why it's so good shall we move on to a bit of bullshit yes yeah bring last on the thing bullshit. on a friday bullshit yes Time for a quiz that I've been overselling to you both and I've been describing as a Cosmo quiz. That's not horny. Uh, It's not horny. I'd like to say that. We'll be the judge of that. Well, you will. Yeah. Um, So you might... Oh, I'm going to regret the fact I've written an introduction to this. What am I doing? Uh, So you might not know this, right? But uh, Liam Richardson, that's actually a pseudonym. 
my real name is uh, Charles Kiss My Lips. <laughs> I am a world-famous love guru and genius inventor of Tindy, the dating app that lets you find love within the world of indie video games. Now, people often say to me, Charles, baby, how did you discover your method of opening a big portal between our dimension and the one where indie game protagonists live? And do you regret your actions, which directly resulted in the great Pong invasion of 2017, <laughs> which saw a great pixelated paddle lay waste to Milton Keynes' city centre? Was all that senseless violence worth it just so you could smooch that little fella from Spelunky? To which I say, speak to my lawyers. The Pong event was a hoax. Milton Keynes just looks like that. Anyway, I'm going to ask you both five questions to see which hot indie game protag is the right fit for you. So are you both ready to find love? <laughs> Anything again. <laughs> I love your slowly glo- like growing collection of like aliases. Like, yes, yeah, it's incredible. Bad, mm-hmm. Such a, this, such a this bad a skeleton. Oh, oh yeah. Living for these characters. <laughs> incredible. Yes, I'm ready. So. Uh, this is a standard Cosmo style quiz. Uh, I'll give you your answers at the end. People at home can also play along. Uh, and I wrote this very quickly, and I think I'm funnier than I actually am. So, question <laughs> one Which of the following pickup lines would work for you? Okay. A. Hey, beautiful, I'm on the lookout for something hot, and you fit the criteria. <laughs> B. Hey there, I just inherited a hundred acres of land and I think we should kiss on it as soon as I finish clearing out all of these loose sticks. (laughs) C. No message, just a photograph of a severed, bloody hand holding a single rose. D. Oh, hello, sorry to bother you, I just moved back home and maybe we could go on a date? No worries if not. E. Honk! Uh, Which one would you like to to answer? (laughs) Which is your selection? (laughs) Hmm. I'm gonna okay. write this down as well. So this is like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm getting childhood best friend vibes from from D. I think it was very much like, oh, we haven't seen each other in ten years. Last time you saw me, I'm ten, and now I'm like super hot and like, okay, I'm I'm feeling that. Oh, okay. But also the the honk, <laughs> the honk is, <laughs> it could be <mean> anything. <laughs> I think I know what the honk means. <laughs> I think I think I figured that one out. Um, oh, really? I would not be very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Do I go with my heart, even though it's going to require some explanation? <laughs> oh, please, please, yes. Now you have to. Yes, yeah, I do. You have to I do. See, I'm very drawn to B, but not for the reasons that you might think. Okay, I'm not. Ooh, okay. I am not I'm not interested in your family's inheritance, but the fact that you're so responsible that you're like, I need to clean this place up, I need to get all these <laughs> sticks out of the way. I like that. Okay. I'm like, that is that is really charming. If someone was like, I'd love for you to come round, but not for a few days because this place is <laughs> such a tip it needs like completely redecorating. I would be like very responsible. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'm intrigued. I like that. Okay. I'll put you down for B. <laughs> Uh, uh, Rachel? I'm going D. D. Okay. Question two. Which of the following describes your perfect first date? A. A long walk through the forest. B. A spot of gardening. C. Vicious, horrific murder. D. Holding hands outside of an abandoned supermarket. Or E. A series of hijinks and capers. Ooh. That's easy one for me. It's got to be the walk in the woods. Okay. 
Wait, what was B again? <laughs> uh, B was a spot of gardening. I do like gardening. B. B. All right. B for me. <laughs> Hijinks was very. Uh, sounded good as well. <laughs> Hijinks were tempting. Yes, but I do love the words. Again, I wonder what I wonder what character is attached to the E option. Uh, question three: <laughs> Your date knocks on your door. What are they wearing? A. A sweaty grey t-shirt, a pair of green shorts, and hiking boots. B. Cute dungarees that absolutely honk of pig shit and beetroot juice. <laughs> C. A sports coat covered in blood, hair, and pizza sauce. Pizza sauce is also red, so it's hard to distinguish between the two, but they are quite different texturally. D. The kind of t-shirt you probably wore all the time when you were 17, but now you use it as a pyjama top because you just can't bear to get rid of it. That's based on personal experience. E. Nothing. Completely naked. Unless feathers count as clothes. But by that logic, hair on your head would count as a hat. This isn't an avenue I feel comfortable exploring, so let's just stick with naked. Which one are we choosing? Oh my goodness. Okay. Ooh. I'm going pizza sauce. I'm going to go rogue. Okay. Wow. That is really rogue. <laughs> uh, none, of the, none of the others really appeal to me. I was, I was pretty okay. drawn to that, but I don't want us to go down the same path every time. So I'm going to go for D. D. Cause, right. Yeah, because I, I relate to the t-shirt thing a lot as well. I relate to the <laughs> covered in pizza sauce and mysterious stains, but I also relate to not ever throwing out t-shirts. So, yeah. Good. <laughs> Question four. Your date has brought you a gift. Which of these would you be happy to receive? A. A turtle. It's cute, but it's literally just a loose turtle. The turtle is alive. It's looking you in the eyes. B. A single egg. Your date will bring you a single egg three days a week. They will enter your home the second you get out of bed. You like eggs, but this is a bit much. C. A baseball bat with human teeth stuck in it. It's weirdly gooey. Try not to think about it. My oh. temptation is to get really gross with this one, but I'll spare you the details in case you're listening to this while cooking your dinner. What are you having? Oh, bolognese again, is it? Fair enough. No, I'm not judging. I just think I would have preferred something else for once. That's all. D. A sticker of a cartoon shark. The sticker has clearly been ripped off something else. This is not a new sticker. You suspect your date only thought about bringing you a gift at the last second, and this was their best option for some reason. Or E. Keys, a sun hat, a rake, a sandwich, an apple, <laughs> a picnic basket, a pumpkin, a carrot, a jar of jam, a thermos, and a radio. Which <laughs> I really went off the rails for this one. Which, <laughs> which one are we choosing? <laughs> All right, first of all, how dare you call out my bolognese obsession? <laughs> I feel so attacked. <laughs> um, Incredible. But it's got to be the shark sticker. Okay. Got to be the yep. shark sticker. Right. I was I was tempted by turtle, but I've heard they live like literally like like way past humans. Or is that a tortoise? Yeah. Um, that might be a tortoise. Anyway, I don't it, know. I, I'm pretty sure it's turtles. Yeah, I, mean, I, oh, feel like, I feel like they but... can. I'm gonna go with eggs. <laughs> Egg, eggs. Eggs. Okay, and final question. Your first date is now over. Stood in the doorway, your potential partner says which of the following statements is their farewell remark? A. I haven't been this happy since my wife developed a devastating, life-altering condition and, overwhelmed by grief, I abandoned her and everyone else I love to live a solitary life in a national park. I'm glad I came home and found you. It's just a shame so much natural land had to burn to force me to do so. B. 
I'd love to see you again. I can't put anything concrete in my calendar, but the next time it rains, you can guarantee this is the first place I'll be. I know your schedule by heart. Your patterns are predictable and well-documented on a fan wiki I have open on my second monitor at all times. C. There's a lot of things in life I'm unsure about. How to wash blood out of a white jacket. How do I keep getting away with my actions of unrelenting violence? Does glamorising murder really force a player to reflect on their relationship with digital violence, or does it just make it look cooler and more appealing? These questions plague me every day, but I can say with some certainty that you're very nice, and I'd like to go on another date with you if I don't get killed by a man in a motorbike helmet first. (laughs) D. I am impossibly sad in a way that feels devastatingly real in your 20s, but almost warmly nostalgic in your 30s. Would you like to commit crimes with me again? Or E. I'm making myself laugh. I don't think it's legal to kiss a goose. I'm unsure if there's actually like any law that's written down about it or anything, but the thought of doing it has given me bad vibes. And I'm the goose in this situation. Uh, which of <laughs> which of those options would you have? Oh, God. They were all so terrible. <laughs> oh, um, God. I'm going to go with the fan wiki. Yep. Yep. I am so I like I like dedication. <laughs> I want someone to be obsessed with me. <laughs> Rebecca. So legitimately torn between C and D. It's, it's Wow, really? Okay. Yes. I'm um, all right, D. There we go. D? Okay. Yeah. So, Rebecca, your indie game sweetheart would be uh May from Night in the Woods. <laughs> Further hey! underscoring the fact that I need to play that game, clearly. Yep, you really do. Uh, maybe stick around for an upcoming podcast. Uh, <laughs> and Rachel, your indie uh, date would be the farmer from Stardew Valley. Yes! <laughs> Surprising no one. Uh, <laughs> anyone at home, if you got mainly A's, then your date was Henry from Firewatch, who I thought was Hank until about four minutes before uh, I started this podcast. Had to oh. Google it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> B, Farmer from Stardew Valley. C, Jacket from Hotline Miami. I thought they had a name. They don't. Fans just call them Jacket. That's uh, a rogue an one. choice. It is a rogue one. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Concerned if, <laughs> very concerned if they were all Cs. <laughs> D is May from Night in the Woods. And E, unsurprisingly, is Goose from Goose Game. <laughs> Goose supremacy. Yes. There we go. That's oh. something you let me do. He's got sass. The goose is like iconic. The goose is iconic. No. There we go. That was it. I didn't expect um, Henry from Firewatch. I thought they'd be more of a Hank. Henry surprises me. It's a nickname for Henry, so I think he does get called Hank <gasps> sometimes. Oh, oh is it? Is oh my Hank- God. Ah. That makes sense. Because I, I thought Delilah called him Hank, and I was like, I swear it was Hank. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's right. kind of a nickname for Henry, I think. So, yeah, I think that it alternates in the game itself. That's an interesting one for romance as well, because that's all via walkie-talkie. Indeed, yeah. It was it was kind of on my long list when I was thinking of uh, of relationships yeah. in indie games I could talk about today. But That was on um, mine as well. Yeah. I, I feel like I'll probably be bringing up Firewatch a lot. Um, in the future when we talk more generally about indies that we love. So I was like, I'll, ho- oh, I'll yeah? hang fire mm. on Firewatch. Do you want to know my off-kilter uh, indie romance choice? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, of course. Was unpacking just all the relationships in that <gasps> game. 
Yeah. That's such a good <laughs> choice. Is a good one. Have you both you both played it, yeah? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I think the way that that game portrays yes. relationships without a single word, mm. purely through things and space, is absolutely sensational. It's so That's good. Such a good pick. Again. Yes. Uh, <gasps> mm. With a certificate. That, that game has one of the best oh. villains in gaming. Yes. yes. 1,000%. <laughs> and the then, anger and I felt. Such a great ending, though, as well. Just like a perfect little Beautiful. tiny yes. moment at the end. And you're like, oh, yes, it's all been worth it. So, yeah, I like Warms that game. me darn heart, that game. That is a, such a good point. I'm totally shocked. You are so right. That game is all about romances. Different kinds mm-hmm. of relationships with different kinds of people and how we evolve and, like, the things we take from different relationships going forward, like, oh, yeah, such and a it good has one. good, like, platonic moments as well, like the first yes. house share with, that's clearly, yeah. like, four people who were, you know, sharing, like, a just post-uni sort of accommodation, yeah. and I was like, yes. Sharing space. One of your roommates is clearly really into cosplay, and so you've got to work yes! out this massive, like, cosplay. <laughs> that's so real. That is so real, yeah. So good. <gasps> I love that game. That game is so good. It's, it's very so sweet. It's very sweet. Right. Shall we move on to our final section? Yeah. Oh, gosh. How had I forgotten? Yes. <laughs> Do you like my Spice Girls t-shirt, by the way? Oh, nice. I absolutely love it. I did notice it before. Spice it's up so your life. good. Those were the days. So when the film came out on VHS. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really wanted the, uh, how old was I when that came out? Five, six. <gasps> Um, my dad was like, oh, uh, would you like the Spice Girls movie? It's on VHS today. And I was like, I love the Spice Girls movie, dad. Um, and he said, we, the Asda or whatever is doing like a um, a special edition that comes in a metal case. And it's got each of the, indiv- like you can get a case that has one of the Spice Girls on it. So which Spice Girl would you like? Yes. And I was like, oh, I, I want Baby Spice. I, I want the Baby Spice one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my dad brought back uh, the Jerry Halliwell one. And... Uh, apparently I cried. <laughs> Honestly, she's one of the worst. Like her and uh, her and Scary. I'm sorry, not sorry. I love them all, but like I honestly would cry as well. I totally get Aren't you. Are they like massive Tories now? Those two. I know that um, Jerry definitely is. Yeah. I love Mel C. Sporty was always like, Sporty and Baby were always my two girls when I was like, they were, they were like my girls. Um, and I don't know about, um, I mean, Posh for sure, right? You would think. You it's would in the name. Think. Yeah, I don't know about Posh, you know. I kind of feel like she might She With might. David not Beckham, be. though? Katar? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Divorce him, babe. Divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I hope none of them are into indie games. Yes. <laughs> <Can you> imagine? <laughs> if we get an angry email from... Jerry Halliwell, and she's a sh- and, and and she romanced Shane and Stardew. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I, I did your quiz and I got jacket from Hotline Miami, and you're giving me shit for it. You've lost a listener. <laughs> I would lose my shit though if they actually did. If one of them, if it was Imagine Baby that. or or um, or Melcy, I would. Yeah, I'd lose my shit. Hyperfixations is a section of the podcast where we talk about things that are busying our brains. Rebecca, what is your hyperfixation this week? Ooh, what is wrong with us? I'm just... (laughs) Friday afternoon. It's so... It is Friday afternoon. Well, 
Well, guys, 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 guys. Yes. I finally did it. I finally started Danganronpa 2. So, yeah! welcome to where yeah, this well hyperfixation done. train is going for the next probably couple choo, of months choo. at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes! Uh, yeah, I'm so I excited, am. babes. I am Incredible so excited news. too. Um, so yeah, I was gonna. I was talking to you about it the other day, Rachel, and I was like, I think I'm gonna save it till Easter so I can like really start it on the Easter weekend. And then I was I was sat at home in the evening the other day, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I've waited 18 months already to start this game. I'm gonna start it now. And uh, yeah, I've I've been playing it for the past couple of evenings. I've just finished the prologue. Um, and yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm I'm well in. You weren't kidding. It is within the first hour. It goes to places that the first game just never even yeah. hinted at i'm having to you know this was the thing i i kind of held off so danganronpa one um i played for the first time in late 2020 um immediately became one of my favorite games i've replayed it twice since um but yeah i i kind of had been holding off on starting the second one because i knew that it was like a different setting and different characters and even though the story was linked i just kind of like i had to catch myself in the exact right mood to mm. want to kind of jump into to the the expansion of that world which i know Sounds really strange, but this is the nature of hyperfixation. Sometimes it drives us away <laughs> from the thing that we really want. But I just decided, like, I was, I was just really in the mood to start it, and I was like, I've got, I've got four Danganronpa games still to play. I need to. I'm not getting any younger. I need to get into this and find out what's going on here. Um, and yeah, I'm just 100 percent back in. So <laughs> amazing. Yeah, more, also, more teen murder mysteries, please. <laughs> Also, that sums up Danganronpa so well. I spent the last couple of evenings playing it and I just finished the prologue. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Um, yes, to be fair, before Liam gets too put off from playing these games, I have only played like two hours, which I know is long. Okay. Right, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I've been playing it sort of between fin- between when I finish work and when my partner gets home. Um, so I'm not like playing it all evening. I'm playing it for like mm-hmm. an hour and a bit, basically. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, they they are long. They are mm. long games. And um, because there's like 16 or 17 main characters in every game, the first few hours are just, right, go and introduce yourself to everyone. Learn everyone's names. Learn their three personality quirks that are the jumping off point for every interaction you're going to be having over the next 30 <laughs> hours. Mm-hmm. So I've done that now. And uh, we're, into the real, we're into the real game now. I'm very excited. And again, because we're recording this quite late on a Friday... I can promise you that within an hour of me making this statement, I'm going to be back, <laughs> be back there playing more Danganronpa 2. Absolutely I, love that. I think what's interesting about <laughs> Danganronpa is that, yes, it's long. Yes, the visual novel sections can take, God, up to an hour between, like, between um, cases and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, and this can be said for a lot of games, but I particularly have found it with this with these with this series is that the mm. more you put in the more you get out the, oh like definitely. learning those characters sinking into the story like yeah learning their quirks their personality traits and then as soon as the game starts like booting them off you're like oh it's, it hurts shit gets real so like, i i, I blitz the first one from the first one <laughs> and i yeah right so i blitz the first one i was just like yeah this is fine um the second one i proper like right i'm not gonna like read like super fast i'm gonna try and get into these characters and oh yes is it a a punch to the heart to the guts i don't know so that's another reason that i held off playing it because i was so invested in the characters in the first one and it like i took it so badly because nearly all my favorites died and Mm. um i was like i just don't know if i'm like ready strong enough to hurt again 
<laughs> but I'm so far I'm at the point where I'm like because I've only just finished the, the prologue I'm like these characters aren't quite doing it for me in the same way that the characters from one are but I'm like but yeah mm. by the end of the prologue in one I wasn't really attached to any of them it's not until you get sort of a few hours in and you've seen them actually deal with the stuff they have to deal with and you get a sense of who they really are because one of the things that i love about these games is that even though they're built around archetypes and stereotypes it's been written you know cleverly and intelligently by someone who clearly understood that a lot of particularly with like teen protagonists a lot of your behavior is who you kind of want to be and aspire to be and it's a front and the whole thing of these games is watching that front get dismantled and finding out who the actual person is and it's it's often quite a deep and complex character that you find underneath and yeah the first game kind of broke me um well i mean you know in a good way in a a way that i was like Mm -hmm. broken in the sense i'm like i have to replay this three times yeah (laughs) to see see all my children again even though i totally agree though i know the ending those characters, when you first meet them, they're all annoying. I oh hate god, them all. they suck so hard. When they you first suck. Meet them, they're the worst. And then after, like, <laughs> maybe this is because you, you just get used to them over time. But like exactly <laughs> what you said, like those walls mm. come down. The cringy kind of nature of like, you know, these anime archetypes kind of gets like swept away. And then I know it takes a couple of hours for it to do that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Is good. And I'm really, really talking around it because Liam hasn't played these yes. games yet, and I, I specifically mm. don't want to indicate my favorite character from the first one because I loved the arc I had with them at the start of the wow. game. I started and I was like, "This is the worst character. I hate <laughs> them. They get on my nerves so much. I hope they die first because I can't stick a game with this character." In it. And like halfway through, I was like, "I would die." for my sweet child like it's just i have never had such a profound change in my opinion on a character in a video game and i'm like so intrigued to see if that happens again in two do all the trials it's like please could it not be them yes oh my god you don't want any of them to be either the victim or the perpetrator really at all you just you you just love them all so much by the end like with a couple of exceptions maybe yeah, there's definitely some that I'm just like, I hate you. Yeah. Beginning to end, you're awful. Yeah. But yeah, you just find yourself in, in like those courtroom trials just being like, oh my, like I have no idea what's going on in like the first half an hour hour of those trials. But mm-hmm. like when it comes together and you're just like, please don't let it be my favorite character. Oh, like no. I can't deal with it. Yeah. 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 I mean, there, there are still bits in, in the first game, even though I've played it three times, that are still like a gut punch. And just wow, every time really? they come up, I'm just like, oh, because because of the way it switches to things like rhythm action games in the in the mm. sort of meat of the the trial sections. There's there's one bit in the first game where you have to do a rhythm action game against a character I really like at a moment where they're having just oh, a no. horrible moment, <laughs> and you really oh, like. God. I'm like, I don't really want to have to like, you know, dance dance revolution to break your heart or whatever, but I have to to progress <laughs> the story. I'm so sorry, and I. I I always like that one mini game in that one trial. I always barely pass it, even though I've played this game so much now that I I like A rank, A rank, A rank, A rank, C rank because I was too upset. You can't A-rank, see through your tears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can't see through your tears. And yeah, I'm fully expecting that to to happen again in in short order with a whole new set of characters and trials. Mm. So I am so excited, as you can probably tell. I should stop talking about it now. Uh, please keep us posted about that because I, I love living vicariously through your uh, Danganronpa addiction. So it's, it's yeah, it's my thing right now. Can't lie. Love it, absolutely oh, yeah. love it. Rachel, what's yours? Ooh, mine is 
<laughs> we got a preview in this week for a horror fishing game called Dredge, which has been kind of knocking oh. around the the Steam demo Nextfest um, scene for a bit. Uh, I didn't know much about this game when uh, I first started playing it. Like I knew there'd been demos. I knew it was it looked pretty cool, but like I didn't really know what it was about. But wow, that game has. I'm fully on its hook. I'm not letting go. Take me. Like, I am all yours, Dredge. It's a, yeah, it's this horror fishing game sim, which is very unusual because, you know, fishing game sims are all about like meditation, relaxation, chill vibes. And this game is like, absolutely not. There are eldritch horrors in the sea. You will face them. They will chase after your little boat. Like, it's awful. So essentially, yeah, you play as like a fisherman who gets washed up on the seas, uh, on the seas of like, um, on the shores of this kind of like creepy, grotty fishing town. Um, and yeah, you basically answer an advert to become the town's new fisherman. You're given a boat, you're given like very like basic tools and you go out and you fish some fish with a cute fishing mini game. You come back to town, you sell your fish. All good. Yep. Love that for me. Um, but then the townsfolk are like, oh, make sure you come back before the sundown. Like, don't go out at nighttime. And you're like, okay. And then you're like, what, what happened to the last fisherman? Like, where are they? And people are like, oh, he just disappeared and never came back. And you're like, mm, okay. And then there's like, there's like looming lighthouse and like this really shady lighthouse keeper. And you're like, okay. And so what kind of starts to unfill is this very eldritch horror-esque, um, <laughs> fishing sim where you know you go out in the nighttime because I was like I'm not I'm not playing this fishing sim for good times like I want to be <laughs> I want to be terrified <laughs> so I went out at nighttime and the stuff that you can fish at nighttime is basically like ab like abnormal what's it called like abnormal like mutated versions of the fishing catch during the day which sell for a much higher price Ooh. and so the more the more you go at fish, the more weird fish you find. Um, and oh my gosh. So, you know, in video games, they have like a panic meter or like something that visualizes your stress or your panic. And it's normally like a bar. So yeah. in Dredge, you, it, there's like an eyeball at the top of your screen. And the more weird fish you find and the more like things you see in the dark... This eye begins, like the iris begins to like dart around like furiously. Like the meter for your stress in this game is an eyeball and how like it's like the, the pace in which it's moving around, like looking everywhere, like darting all over the screen. Like it's it's stressful to look at. And I'm like, yeah, it's just a really great game. I'm having such a good time with it. There was one point where, so like in the nighttime, it's like there's like it's like dense fog. You can barely see like anything. Um, and there was like a fishing boat, like a shadow of another fishing boat. boat. And I was like, oh, a friend, a nighttime fishing friend. Absolutely not. Got near it. And it was kind of like an illusion. And instead this like giant anglerfish like oh, comes nah. out of the ocean, headbutts my boat. I freak out. My boat, by the way, is like a tugboat. It's tiny. And I was like, I gotta go, I gotta go. So I'm like trying to like desperately like race back to town. And this like fish is like chasing me. Girl, I was, it's such a good game. I've like, 
I love this twist on the genre. I love the fact that it's taking these kind of like alien, like eldritch fish and like making it really, I don't know. It's like that fear of the ocean, right? Like you just, Mm. you don't know what's down there. And this game taps into that massively. Yeah, it's so good. I'm, 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 it's not out yet. It's out the end of March, but um, we, yeah, I've just been on using the preview code, um, and yeah, even the like, it's just an hour and a bit of the game. But oh, I wonder if the demo that's... is still live. I'm gonna have a quick. Oh, yeah. I don't think it is. That's I'm on the Steam point. page now because oh, yeah, that's it's a shame. Um, oh, it it has definitely got my interest. You, um, I had to look at your preview, uh, yesterday or the day before, and it did definitely catch my attention because you know. We know I love the horror vibes. My main, my main question mm. about it actually is, how is the fishing? Because it's mm. a good question. So, fishing in games can be a real pain. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I don't want to shit on Stardew too much, but <laughs> oh, but shit on the fishing mini game though. Oh god, hate that damn thing. So you don't like the fishing mini game in Stardew? I know I'm the only person in the world. No, you, you wait, like no, wait, you do, you do like the fishing game. Yeah, I like it. I think it's good. Oh, I was <laughs> kidding. There are there are literally hats about how much people hate the fishing mini yeah, game. Yeah, I seen that. Yeah, oh, I'm I pretty like sure it. everyone hates it. That is incredible <laughs> that you love it. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a controversial take. Oh, to be yeah, yeah, people really... hate that thing, and I'm I'm oh, one of wow, them. Okay. I people on this yeah. occasion. <laughs> that is incredible. Um, Damn. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Um, the fishing game in Dredge is very, um, it's kind of in two parts. So you kind of rock up, um, to like a fishing spot in the sea, which you can see it's kind of like represented with like fish jumping out the water. So you rock up, press F to start fishing, like and a little mini game, which is like a donut with green areas in the donut and you have a spinning dial and you have to hit the dial in time with the, the green areas. Sometimes it's a donut, sometimes it's a line. But it's very simple. Like the idea is that you, when you fish, um, you will get the fish regardless of whether you hit these areas of not or not. But the reason okay. why you want to is because it's faster and time is of the essence in this game. Like you do not want to be hanging around before nighttime. So the faster you like uh, can like complete this mini game, the faster you can like rock it back. Um, I like town. that. So that's the first half, and the second half is like a block, um, a block fitting puzzle game. Your cargo is represented by like a grid, and each fish you catch is kind of like a Tetris, um, a Tetris piece. So you have to fit the fish into the cargo. And so, believe me, when there's like when it's when it's like nighttime, you're catching your fish, and you're quickly trying to fit all this, all your like catches into your cargo, and then and then like there's like a rumble in the ocean, and like the music starts getting really intense, and the eye is like darting around on the top of your screen. You're like, I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta you, get out of here. Are you telling me that it has the Resident Evil Four inventory screen as the way that you manage your fish? That's incredible. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh my god! Didn't even think of that. Idea. As well, it's like the skill checks from uh, Dead by Daylight as the the fishing mini games. Yes. Are like. So that's yeah. interesting. That's cool. It's got a I lot of um, those horror really game good. cred in there. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like Dead by Daylight isn't the only one that's done that. That sort of like yeah. circular skill check. It just it it always comes to mind for some reason as the. Mm-hmm. the See, I didn't clock those two. That's really interesting because obviously I don't play a lot of horror, but mm-hmm. um, I think the type of horror that I don't like is like stuff that's very in your face. Dredge mm. is very much like the atmosphere, the vibes. Like something is approaching, but it's not like it's not all going to be up in your business. It's like, yeah. <laughs> thankfully, mm. it's like 
on the screen and like oh i hate things where it's like all like something that jumps out and like is like full on like up against the screen i can't deal with it but yeah this this game i love it so much i'm calling it as like one of like the best indies of the year like it's that good it's so it's so addicting because it's like the, there's like little like mysteries as well. That there's a collector who's like, I'll gi- I'll give you this dredge if you like find like artifacts in the, in the bottom of the ocean and like bring them to me. And you're like, okay, Ooh. this guy's kind of sus. And there's also like <laughs> islands where people are like living on the edge of like an island because like a sea monster is like known for swimming in between like the archipelagos, like the little like. Ooh. It's there's so much lore and history and like. It's like little threads, not not to mention like upgrades that are really easily obtainable. So like it keeps you going, like fishing rods, up like motors, like there's just it's very Moorish. Like I just mm. want more. I want to play like so oh, much of it. It like, looks so good. Yeah, it yeah, really I'm is so amazing. That. I'm honestly Cannot in love. Do I ever tell you guys that one of my favorite horror subgenres is nautical horror? Literally anything no. with like an ocean setting. I just so yes um i'm exactly i love that um, as well it's just such an evocative setting i think as you say it's got the whole like fear of the unknown because Mm -hmm. obviously we do know so little about our own oceans compared to uh, like you know the surfaces of other planets even practically yes and and it's got the kind of the the feeling of isolation as well when you're when you're cut off yes by by the sea and there's, there's nothing in any direction except what you kind of got in front of you um so yeah i've got a massive obsession with horror on boats and horror on islands so i'm just watching this on loop now on steam i'm like i need this game this looks so good yeah in a slightly similar note i actually hate fish like i'm scared of fish and things from the ocean uh (laughs) crabs freak me out um right. I play wild hearts at the moment and there's like these little roaming crabs that run towards you with a close up and i can't oh. like, they're scarier than any of the big monsters um and if i go to an aquarium there's certain fish that have like human features oh i know the ones you mean they're so freaky looking aren't they and i yeah. can't stand them like uh, going to an aquarium is like i'd rather go to like a haunted house than an aquarium <laughs> that's how much i hate fish that's fair dredge sounds great that's such a good mm, choice so good. yeah we'll have to keep an eye on that Go on then, Liam. Let mm-hmm. us know. Uh, I'm going to be quick on mine. I've got two because I can't really talk much about one of them. Mm-hmm. So my main one is uh, something that Rebecca will know about because I've been talking to her about it this week, is The Walking Dead Season 1, the Telltale series from 2012, which I had never played before until this last oh week. Oh my God, pain, um, suffering. Right. Yeah, we <laughs> finished it last night and uh, I felt dehydrated for how much I cried. Um, it is... Damn. An odd thing to experience in 2023. I played the first episode back when it first came out and then mm-hmm. never progressed. Everyone said it was great. I did not listen to them. Um, played other Telltale games, played Borderlands, played Game of Thrones for some reason, um, played mm. Wolf Among Us. Uh, and then this is on Game Pass. So uh, Yoli and I would play games together a lot. And she was like, she's played it before. She was like, well, if you've never played it, let's give it a try. Um, played through the first episode, thought it was fine. It is showing its age in a lot of ways. It's quite janky. You can tell they were made on quite a limited budget. Mm. The Xbox One version has a lot of graphical glitches, mm. uh, which are quite funny. You can really <laughs> see the seams in this game where a character is reacting to something you said in a previous episode. Uh, by the way, their facial expressions will change completely as they deliver that line and then change back. Um, 
yeah, I'm very much enjoying doing a telltale character impression when I walk around the house uh, of reacting and purely with my eyes, which are the, like the easiest thing they can animate. But by episode three, it really the narrative really kicks into gear. Um, its characterization is phenomenal. Uh, the main character, Lee, is actually maybe one of the best characters in any video game. Mm. And Clem, oh, Clementine, Clem, I would die for Clementine. It really had a profound emotional effect on me. It's ended up being up there as one of the best narrative-driven games I think I've ever played. Nice. And sadly, I think it really highlights uh, what we lost when Telltale disappeared um, mm-hmm. and how fast that, that company uh, burned out on projects that maybe weren't a good fit for them. Yeah, and it's sad to play this this singular thing and to, to think about it as it was back then and how important it probably was um moving forward you know for in terms mm-hmm. of narrative design mm-hmm. um sure. and and even now revisiting it we don't really have things like this coming from this space yeah we, we've got elements of this that are integrated into every other game like you know i was saying i was playing wild hearts even wild hearts has dialogue options but there's no real meaning to them and even though you can see the seams in this game it does give you a different connection so yeah Walking Dead, still good, available on everything and incredibly <laughs> cheap. I would recommend it if you haven't played it. Uh, and the other thing I want to mention is that uh, Paramore's new album, This Is Why, absolutely oh, rules. Yeah? So if you're into into Paramore, th- that band just keeps getting better. Um, fantastic album, massive fan. I need to try and see them live at some point because apparently they're very, very fun. But yeah, that's been my obsessions over the last week. Literally can't think of The Walking Dead without feeling a bit emotional. Oh. It's ruined me. <laughs> yeah. We were talking this morning. And I was like, that does not go away. I played this game in 2016 and oh, I, I can God. still I can still get teared up quite easily thinking about the ending of season one. The it's, end. It's yeah. a gut punch. Um, it really is. So my my thing now is trying to convince Liam. I'm like, it's it's not over. There's like so much more Telltale Walking Dead. None of it ever yeah. quite reached the heights of season one, but a lot of it's really good. Yes. So yeah. That's We're, my new I campaign to get you one. to play the rest. It, it might work, to be fair. <laughs> I, I just think, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's okay. Because you said this as well. You you give a very, very good case for continuing and also not. Yeah. <laughs> Part of me could fair. walk away from this now <laughs> and just be like, what a beautiful story. What a what a beautiful conclusion. Ugh. Maybe I don't need to see anything else. Um, yeah. But then also, I just want to make sure Clem's okay. <laughs> so I think I'm just like, maybe uh. I need to keep going. Yeah, I never played past the first game. I, th- I, I thought the first game was like really great, solid. I didn't mm. play any others, but... I've yeah. played them all, um, most of them twice, I think. Nice, um, okay. It's among my favourite game series. So obviously I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to advocate for playing more yeah. but also like i do get why people would want to would want to stop at kind of the the high point it, it has to be, I, yeah. I think i said this to you earlier in the week it has to be whether you want to see more of the story because that that telltale formula does not change effectively yeah. like very very minor tweaks to the formula over the i mean as you say when you think about it they they were the big thing for what six years they went from yeah. mm-hmm. from the absolute boom to literally bust between 2012 yeah. and 2018 they crammed a lot in and the way they did it was by basically making the same game mm-hmm. like 20 times. <laughs> yeah. And you know, if, if it worked for you and it worked for me, then that's, you know, it's not great because they did a lot of really dodgy stuff 
with their studio <laughs> as it turns out but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. in terms of the experience of the game if the gameplay works for you then it works for you and you've got all those stories to try out um but yeah if you're if you're looking for sort of like innovation in in game design they really front-loaded <laughs> that i think it's mm. fair to say yeah I I think I'm fine. I actually didn't like how in episode two or three it started doing first person shooting. I was like, don't do this. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, the the jankiest part. There's a little bit of combat in the final season and it's nothing too strenuous. I made it through like on every playthrough without too much, you know, like died a couple of times. Maybe it wasn't too difficult. But Mm. I from that and from a couple of other games I played around the same time, I have a very, very strong set of opinions on studios that don't typically do combat suddenly introducing a bit of combat i'm like don't do it don't just do it for the sake of doing it because often it is just frustrating and detracts from the flow of the story and don't have combat just because you're a video game and you feel like you need combat to be a video game don't do it like yeah that is definitely it it stinks to that yeah it it definitely has a bit of that going for it when the most interesting parts are not the zombies which Mm -hmm. is like that classic like i'm very elevated with my opinions but yes exactly yeah (laughs) that's the point that's the point of zombie games well indeed good good video game i want to keep talking for another hour but as we're <laughs> one hour 40 into the recording i think maybe we should wrap up and it's 20 to 5 so we should probably have a weekend <laughs> so yeah let's let's wrap up i suppose so thank you so much for listening to in discovery your support is massively appreciated if you'd like to get in touch with the three of us you can do so by emailing in your questions to podcast at rockpapershotgun.com you can also chat to like-minded individuals about the wonders of pc gaming over at our discord server link is in the show notes below if you'd like to support the pod you can do so by rating and reviewing us on itunes or your podcast provider of choice a lot of you have been doing this and thank you so much i noticed on spotify we're a 4.9 and on iTunes, we are a perfect five star in the US. Here's a little bit of a inside baseball for you. Ooh. iTunes shows different ratings per region, oh. which is weird. It's not like yeah. a global rating. So in the US, perfect five stars. Three really nice reviews. It's lovely. Aww. In the UK, we're 4.9. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in the UK, please review us on iTunes. Uh, but all of your support so far has been so appreciated we're, yes we're thank so you happy thank you so much how the show's been going so yeah thank you for that um you can also tell your friends about the good times you've shared with us here today that also really helps for all your pc gaming needs go to rockpapershotgun.com or find us over at twitter facebook youtube and regrettably tiktok until next time <laughs> it's goodbye from me it's goodbye from rebecca bye and goodbye from rachel bye Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>